Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hello, everybody, on this May 25th Memorial Day, Monday. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today as we remember a lot of people that have served our military, including my father. My guest today is Kristen DeCue. She is the founder of Modern Refresh, and she is a certified KonMari consultant. And if you don't know what that means, you're going to learn about that pretty soon. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you so much, Marsha. really appreciate you having me. Well, this is the third time that I've had a DeCue person on my show because your wonderful husband, Rob, has joined me twice, uh, representing Rotary, actually, both times. Actually, not even. I think the first time he was talking about his business five years ago when I first started doing this. I'm so happy to have you joining me today. There's so much about what you're going to be speaking about that's really meaningful to so many of us because being organized is something that some people are relishing. Personally, right now, you're stuck in the house, why not? Other people are going, oh, God, that's the last thing in the world I want to do. But we're going to be spending this hour talking about why you do what you do. So I thought before we did that, this is a pretty big day in your life, but I thought you could tell tell our, our listeners a little bit about yourself, Kristen. Yeah, as you mentioned, it is a big day. We are moving um, and everything that goes with that from packing and uh, moving boxes and helping, getting help with people watching our two small kids. But um, yes, it's been a big day, but we're, we're making it happen and it's, it's coming together. Um, but, yeah, just to share a little bit about myself, I'm a mom um, to two small kids, Hudson, who's three, and Kalea, who is one. Uh, my husband, Rob, has been on the show. He's a very active Rotarian. He's also an entrepreneur like myself, and he's very involved in the Westchester community here in L.A., he's been a, a member of the LAX Coastal Chamber, which I'm also a part of, and our, a big part of our family is really having as many as adventures as we can and getting as involved with community here as we can. And I think that's been a big hallmark of our time here in L.A. is um, investing in community, um, doing as much as we can in Westchester, um, and then also trying to find ways to give back, whether that is through, for me, my business or from my husband through Rotary um, and through our friendships and through our, our faith community. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think some, some guiding words for me are community, adventure, giving, and really this idea of the journey. And I'm excited that we're going to talk about that today with KonMari because it really is taking people on their own organizing journey um, really gets into a lot more um, depth 
than you would normally think in terms of just putting things in pretty boxes. Um, it's really about a journey of self-discovery, and I love that. It, you are the perfect person for doing this. We could spend the entire hour just talking about your outdoor experiences between mm. walking the Camino with a baby mm. in a stroller and all of the other remarkable things that you have done as a family. Trust me when I tell you this, Kristen, you are going to be missed. You, your family, mm. your children, we will miss you, and we, we wish you the best, but I understand being near family is so vitally important to all of us. So that's that's really great. When you talk about organizations and being mm. organized, I should say, how did mm-hmm. you get started initially as a professional organizer? Yeah, I, I used to work in a larger corporation doing corporate social responsibility, and I had my son, and with a baby came so much stuff. So I would say it really started when I became a mom, and even though I have always considered myself an organized person, with Hudson came these really large toys and blocks and all the baby items, the disposables. It it really was a lot to try and corral and find space for it. And I felt like I was failing at the time. <laughs> um, and so at, at the point when then I was pregnant with my daughter, I knew that I needed to make a change because the skills and the principles I was using weren't quite working. And the stuff would become overwhelming to the point where I would just throw everything on this extra day bed that we we had in Hudson's room. And it was just the pile was growing and it, it just wasn't working. And I had thought about becoming an entrepreneur and what I wanted to do if I were to work part-time and then stay home with my kids part-time. And, um, and, and then I had thought way back to when I received in 2014 a pre-release copy of Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And I, it's hard for me to finish a book. And I literally remember that night I was visiting a friend in Lake Tahoe and she works at the bookstore. She got me the book and I read it cover to cover and I thought there is something truly, uh, you could say transformative or truly, it was so simple, but so life transforming. Um, And so I went home and I did my closet and I never forgot that. Um, And so years later, when I thought about what I would do for a business, I prototyped a few things and I prototyped organizing and, um, and signed up for Marie Kondo's seminar in San Francisco. And this was in February of 2018 and I loved it. And I came back and I started helping friends and family and friends of friends. And that really jumpstarted my career as a professional organizer. Wow. I, it, 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 when it becomes personal, it makes it all mm. the more exciting, I'm sure. For, there, there could be people listening that are not familiar with her book and, and mm. her organizing system. So give us a little bit of background about who she is and why she became such a, a well-respected person in her field. Yeah, absolutely. So Marie Kondo, for those of you not as familiar, she is a Japanese tidying guru or expert that created this method called the KonMari method. And KonMari is a combination of her first and last name, Marie Kondo, KonMari. And it's built on these principles of, I think they're universal principles. And that's why I think a lot of her method is so simple and universally appealing. And those are joy, 
respect and gratitude. And what that looks like in kind of the key tenets of the method are if you drill down, you know, the overarching question is, does it spark joy? And I love that that, that does pertain to the things that you own, but that pertains to everything, literally. You could ask yourself, does this relationship spark joy? Does, um, does my work spark joy? All of those things. And you intuitively have a gut reaction. And maybe it's, maybe it's not spark joy, but you have a gut reaction if it's, if it's definitely not. And you also have a gut reaction if it's maybe so-so. But each of those things, that intuition, what you're hearing from yourself, that's telling you something about what you have in your life. And so it's, the idea is really surrounding yourself with things that bring you joy and that matter. And the way that you can kind of help go about that in terms of organizing is a few things. So one is tidying by category and not location. So most people in their homes will think, oh, I need to organize my garage or the kitchen. But the things that we have in our garage or our kitchen, we might also have in other areas of the house. You know, the junk drawer may have batteries, and then we have batteries in the garage, and we have batteries in, you know, the closet. And, and it's really important to, to tidy up all the batteries at once or all your clothing at once so that you're really seeing a crystal clear picture of how much you own and what you own. Because I think all of us can say we've had trouble finding something or we thought we knew where something is and we have to look for it. And we spend countless hours a year looking for things that we can't find. So the idea again is one, tidying by category, not location. The second is focusing on what you want to keep, not what you want to let go of. Because when you're looking at your closet, you might see one, one shirt that you know you don't want. It doesn't fit anymore. And so it's easy to get rid of that one item. But when you really start to hone in on what do you really love to wear, what lights you up, in the, like what are your favorite shirts, something that I'll do when I'm with clients is if we have all, we take out all of their clothing, for example, and we just go through shirts and I say, what are your top three favorite shirts? that you just love to wear, you feel amazing in. And a lot of times there will be very similar threads, pun, no pun intended, of what they <laughs> love in their shirt. It could be three salt, you know, black shirts with a graphic on them. And, that's, and then you realize, hey, that's actually what you love to wear. And you have a lot of things that, that aren't that. Um, so, again, just really drilling down. And then, you know, next, asking, does it spark joy? And then if it doesn't spark joy, being able to let go of that item with gratitude. So you don't necessarily need to thank the item out loud, but just a, a heart and a posture of being appreciative for what that skirt or shirt did for you when you wore it, you know, several years ago, but it's not really fitting into your life right now, and that's okay. And by giving it away, by donating it, by giving it a second life, then you are kind of sending it on to someone else that can enjoy it and that who would find joy in that item versus just keeping it dormant, you know, in your closet. Um, and then the last thing that kind of weaves itself is this idea of if you're going to organize something, taking it all out, that it's very hard to really be intuitive about your clothes if you see them hanging on the, the clothes hanger, you really need to take it all out, look at everything comprehensively, and then start to make those decisions. So um, those are just a few things, um, although there are, there are other aspects that are similar to just the broader scope of professional organizing, but those are some of the things that are very specific to KonMari. 
It's interesting. Um, I I do some of those things, mm. uh, but not all of them. And mm. I'm certain that I have way more clothes than a person requires. They are mm. by color. They are by mm. short sleeve to long sleeve. They Great. they are some seasonal things. Just today, just today, knowing that it was Memorial mm. Day, I thought, don't I have a don't I have a shirt that like would make me think of Memorial Day, like it's red, white, and blue or something? And I thought, well, yeah, it's still hanging in the other closet because those are your summer shirts, and you haven't pulled those out. You're you're still living in sweaters. And I thought, mm. whoa, I forgot about those. You're right. I I need I need to think about that. But how many long sleeve black shirts do I really need? Well, if you wear if you do your laundry once a week and you might use three during the week, well, then I could see why you might have five, but maybe you only need three. So it, it's mm. it's a, such an interesting concept, such an interesting concept. Why why did it appeal to you so much? What was it specifically about that? Was it something that you hadn't really thought of before in that in that way? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I had read other organizer books before. I had thought about being a professional organizer, you know, a few years ago, even before I, I was. And all of the books, they have, it's a lot of content. You know, it's it's a lot of how to and what to do and the way you should display items in your home. But what I love about Marie Kondo and her method is the why. It's it's why do you surround yourself with the items that you do and the people in your life and all those things? And that the joy is the criterion. And so really getting back to, it's the only method that I'm aware of that really it's 100% based on your emotions of what someone or something is to you or is, or is having an effect on your life. Um, and, and no one can say, there's a right or wrong. You know, I can't mm-hmm. come into your closet and say 10 black shirts is too many because you may have 20 black shirts and you love them. And, and I did work with a client um, just north of L.A., and we realized that she had literally 20 long sleeve black gap shirts. She, le- she couldn't, you know, they were all over her closet, so she, they were never all in one space. Mm-hmm. When she saw them and she went through all her clothes, we we're like, oh, there's another one. Oh there's another one and she ended up getting you know letting a few go because they were discolored or older or worn or you know any of those but if you want to keep 12 black shirts then you should keep those and so at the end of the day there is no black and white yardstick of what you should invite into your life you are the gatekeeper and only you can say that so I really like thinking so it's not like this long list of things you need to do or all these books you need to read, you can simply start by taking maybe everything out of a certain category, like all your shoes, and just ask yourself, which of my shoes spark joy? And starting with the ones that you really love and want to keep. Again, starting there before you look at the old ones that maybe you don't want. And if you start there and go and let kind of the journey take you where it will, you'll learn a lot about yourself and you'll really hone in and kind of build that muscle on what brings you joy. And, and I think that's why it's so transformative because over time and as you clear the clutter, you confront yourself and you might have to make some tough decisions, but you become kind of a better version of who you were meant to be because you're choosing things that you want into your life 
that are true to who you are and what you love. And so this idea of really just surrounding yourself and making room, you know, for what matters most. And I love that. You know, what's so, I knew, I knew I could probably speak to you for days. I should talk Mm. to you your whole ride up to (laughs) to Washington. I, it's so interesting because here's what you didn't say, but what you said so loudly. When you said you are the gatekeeper and that you'll take your own personal journey, what you did not, and, and asking yourself why, what you did not say, which is so vital to somebody that has my personality, is without mm. judgment. Mm. Because you're not going to say, well, only an idiot would keep 12 shirts, Marsha. Do you know what I'm saying? You're not mm. saying that. You're saying, look at your stuff. Does that shirt remind you of that vacation that you took and you had such a wonderful time with your girlfriends? You probably want to hang on to that. You might mm. decide to put it in another spot, but you might not want to get rid of it. That's Why do you have to have batteries all over your house when you just need to go find a AA battery? Why do you need to have one in your desk, one in the, one in the laundry room, five out in the garage? And it's like, oh, I'm out of batteries, really? I, I just love what you're saying because I think it's so relatable, particularly now, which really, mm. really takes me to my next question. Because of COVID and because so many of us are staying at home, we are starting to notice, all of us, that there might be a little bit more clutter around the house and we want to get organized. Where do we start? Can you kind of walk us through part of that? Yeah, you know, I think an important part and and the first step, which I didn't really mention earlier, which is very much the first step in the KonMari method, is visualizing your ideal lifestyle. So not even just your ideal home, because I'm sure we all have a, a, a better idealized version of how we wish our home or our bedroom or our living room looked, but really your ideal lifestyle. So, for example, and and again, using all five senses, even now when we are at home, but you can also kind of think ahead a few weeks or months into when things are are opening up or who knows, maybe they are already open up in your neighborhood or community. But um, let's say there was a a Tuesday or Wednesday and you had nothing planned. You know, what, how would you spend your time? What does an ideal day look for you? What are some goals that you'd like to achieve? What are some, some things that you'd like to accomplish and do? And visualizing how you want to spend your time will be a good conduit to how your home can help support you in that. So, again, really getting clear on what you want for your life and, and, and maybe even backing up. KonMari, in a sense, is almost lifestyle design. You are creating an environment in your home to support the lifestyle that you want. And I really connect with this piece because I think a lot of times we can get into a rut of, you know, we go to our, we go to work, we work at our job, we come home, maybe we do go to brunch with friends on the weekend. And I think with coronavirus, now everyone has, it's all the things that we took for granted no longer apply. We have to really create and think about a new way of looking at our life. You know, and I think that in part, that's why my husband and I, we are moving to the greater Seattle area because being at home 24 7 with our two small kids that's not our ideal life 
So we started talking about what is our ideal life and what could we do. Um, so again, starting with visualizing your ideal lifestyle. Um, and then second, I think an important part with many of us at home is just, so the Conroy method suggests starting with your clothing and then move, there's five kind of main categories. One is clothing, two is books, three is paper, four is um, miscellaneous. So that includes your kitchen, your garage. And then lastly, it's sentimental, which is photos, mementos, anything that's, that has a strong emotional attachment and by nature would be very hard to part with. So you have to kind of build those muscles with clothing as the easiest because you wear clothing every day to books, which then books kind of represent who you are and who you're becoming. And every book that you have should have a purpose. Um, and so on and so forth. But I think if you can start small with an easier category and use, start with something that you will see and interact with daily so that you can really see the impact of that change. So again, your t-shirts are a great place to start. We might all be wearing the same t-shirts again and again, not wearing more loungewear <laughs> in at home, but um, you know, it could be just your office, your, your work from home office where you're sitting at your desk or a side table or your couch or wherever it is you're doing work. And, and you really want to make sure that the things that you have to support you in your workspace are what you need and not all of this excess stuff. So again, you might want to start there, but I, it's always, I always recommend blocking out some time uh, and not like 10 to 15 minutes, but maybe even an hour. If you can, if you can give that much time, I know it's hard for people that have young kids at home. I can totally relate. But um, but start small in that one category. It could be an, you know, a subset of your clothing. It could be a subset of your office supplies. It could be some of your entertainment. If you're reading more books or watching DVDs or, or whatever that is. But starting small, you know, trying out the method and then seeing, you know, being reflective on what did that do? Do you feel better? What would you change? What else do you want to tackle? And starting to ask yourself, you know, those questions. That's Terrific advice, and we well, we do have things, and you know you can start as you said. If if you feel overwhelmed, you'll probably just shut down. But if mm. you just open up um, your dresser, where that's maybe where you keep your t-shirts, and you see that you've got all of these turtlenecks, which you wear, mm. but not now mm -hmm. because it's it's mm -hmm. getting to the warm weather. Okay, so then. If you know that all your turtlenecks are going to go in that drawer and 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 you and you do wear them and you like them and they spark that joy that you're talking about, then you're not saying, well, you've got to get rid of them. You're just saying you might want to refold them. You might want to make them a little bit easier to see, but at mm -hmm. least now you you went you don't go, oh my God, I forgot I even had that which I think mm. a lot of us women, particularly when it comes to mm -hmm. clothes, we do. It's like, mm -hmm. I never liked that to start with. Why is that still hanging up in here? It doesn't mm. even fit me anymore. You know, it's, it, I, just, yeah. I just love, I love this subject. And, and when you talk about, you know, our bedrooms or our kitchens, you know, those feel like easier subjects than when you talked about what you called the miscellaneous which is mm. that sentimental file, that sentimental mm. pictures, you know, all of those photo albums. I've told myself I'm 
just going to do this. Right. I'll, let, I'll send you a note when I finish that task. Why? Mm. Because there's pictures in that room. There's pictures in that room. There's pictures in that room. There's pictures in the attic. There's pictures everywhere. Well, maybe instead of working on how many black T-shirts you have, Marsha, think of how happy it would make you if at least all of your pictures were in one room, right? Wouldn't that is that what you would say? Yeah, I mean, I think once you've gone through your pictures, then you should absolutely, and you know which ones bring you the most joy that you love. That's when you should absolutely display them throughout the house. But when you're collecting pictures to go through, and you have stacks of loose pictures in your side table by your bed and you have another box of photos in the kids room and then you have some more in the in the kitchen drawer that's where it's it's nice to be able to let's say for example there was a fire and you had to get out of your house there's no way that if you had your treasured photos in 10 different places loosely you know strewn about you would not be able to take the ones that truly mean the world to you and Mm -hmm. that's the idea by putting your home in order you're putting your life in order, and at a moment's notice, you know what's most important to you, and you know where it is, and you know how to access it. Right. That makes so much sense, Kristen, not to mention when you've inherited your parents' folder, your photos, mm-hmm. and you turn it over and you go, who is this? It's like, I have no idea. So then you're looking at your own pictures, and you and you say, I probably should indicate who's in these pictures because someday when I'm not here and these pictures move on to the next generation, they won't be doing what I'm doing with my old pictures going, I have no idea. Is this my father's mother's side of the family? Is this my father's father's side of the family? There's no indication Mm -hmm. of who they are. They're just lovely photos, but that doesn't spark a lot of joy if you don't even know who you're looking at. Right. And I think that, you know, I, I just I just love the the words and respect. I you you mentioned you mentioned three things. You mentioned joy, you mentioned respect, and you mentioned mm-hmm. gratitude. And I, I think that there's a lot to be said for respect. And honestly, mm-hmm. for me, and maybe maybe you find this with others as you work with them, is that I want to mm-hmm. respect the fact that someday when I'm not here, I don't want my kids to have six months worth of going through stuff you know mm. i want mm-hmm. i want my kids to say thank you mom that was really a gift because you've made this easier for us and we appreciate that for me for me marcia that's very motivating and that really does i don't need a lot of the things that i have and we're going to talk about where those can go in a little bit but i i mm. I know I'm going to digress because I feel like the subject is so personally important to me. What do you find as a professional doing this with people like me? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do mm-hmm. you find are the most common struggles that people are having to deal with? Yeah, I mean, I think in this time, separating work life and home life um, and trying to keep those separate with your you know, kids in school, at home, with everything happening at home. I know that that has been a big struggle. But I think in general, struggles with stuff is is knowing knowing where to start, which is something we talked about, um, but Mm -hmm. also how to – what I love about Kamari is it's really a mindset. So I love taking people on this journey of how they think about their things because as, in general, most of us, we are always accumulating 
Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we go shopping, but unless we're really intentional about the things that we surround ourselves and letting some things go, then we are not creating the space for that time and for the things that matter most. So I think the struggles are, what do I do with things? Um, where do I put things? I'm running out of room. And again, I think that goes back to not really being intentional in making the space. And I, and I can't emphasize that enough of like, if you want your space to be what you, you know, to support where you're at right now, you do have to create space by letting things go so that you can invite what you really want into your life. And I think when people come to terms with that, that you're not letting it go and you're losing something, but by creating space, you're gaining something and there's a double added benefit, then they can see organizing as a, as a freeing tool to help them live the life that they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, when you're so, you know, clutter, it really does. I mean, studies show it, it creates stress and anxiety not for everyone. There are some people that can thrive in a cluttered environment, for, but for the majority of us, you know, the clutter, it piles up, and then it becomes too overwhelming. So people don't know where to start. They don't even know where they can put things because there's no open drawers. There's no open space. So a large part of sometimes what I'm doing with clients is I'm creating, helping them create the space so that they can almost start to reimagine what that can look like and what their life can look like and how to gain control in the, in the chaos of the clutter. Um, and when they start that journey and they start seeing the progress, that's where um, you know, it really starts clicking and they can make some incredible changes in life. But I think as we both know, unless you want to make a change, you know, you're not going to do what's necessary to make that change. So it really right. starts with being motivated. And a lot of times that starts with the problem. Like for me, I had too much stuff with my son who was just getting out of hand. For some mm-hmm. people, it's like their closets, they can't even fit anything new. I mean, it could mm-hmm. be the garage, they can't even get in the garage. And it's like, mm-hmm. they just need help. And I think that sign of help is not a bad thing. It's a sign that you are, you want to make a change and you're heading in that direction. And I think that's 100% a positive thing. Yeah, I can see that. And and have you found, I mean, you know, I'm a widow. I My husband doesn't live here anymore. Have you mm. found that working with men is different than working with women? Yes. I have not worked with as much as many men, mm-hmm. um, some of whom I have known and consider friends and some of whom I never met before I walked mm-hmm. into their home. And men in general have less of an emotional attachment to things, I find. So, for example, I worked with um, a man, and we went through his closet. And it was like his ability to intuitively say if he liked a shirt, it was instant. Yes, yes, no, no, yes, yes. Whereas with women, it's more it's more telling me a story about that dress or talking through how it made them feel when they fit in it, but now it doesn't fit, and that's a conflicting emotion. And then, you know, it's, it's very nuanced, mm-hmm. I feel like, with women. Not, not all women, but in general, I find that men are less attached to their things, and if they really have a hard look at it, they realize, yeah, no, I don't want this, or yes, let's keep that. I like those shoes. Um, whereas women, it's, you know, oh, but this friend gave this to me, and I don't want to hurt her feelings. You know, I think as women, we think very holistically about the things 
in our lives and the people and, and everything has so many different connection points that, True. that we can get stuck on something, you know? Uh, so a lot, a lot of times what my role is, because anyone can get organized. Anyone can do the Conway method completely on their own. I 100% believe that. But along the way, it can, you can get stuck on something that is emotionally challenging for you or you just don't even know how to process that. You know, that's why mm-hmm. we have life coach and therapist and counselor. And so as a KonMari consultant, it's, it's someone that can help ask the harder questions that maybe you wouldn't have thought to ask yourself and help right. someone start to process and move forward. Because a lot of going through things is processing the past. And sometimes clients are ready for that and sometimes they're not, and that's okay. And so you, and it may go slower, but I, you also have to realize to, to move forward, you, you have to go through it. Like you can't, you know, ignoring it doesn't necessarily, you know, you, you have to go through it. So it's really going right. on this journey and helping guys, you know, clients go through that in a way that is supporting them and, um, and helping them, you know, do what they need to do. I'm sure that's true, and I, I, I'm thinking about men might not have too large of an issue on do I keep these socks, mm. but they might talk yeah. about, but I need that hammer. How many hammers do you need? Well, you don't understand. I got that hammer from my dad. Mm. This hammer is mm. made out of metal. This hammer's got a wood handle. This, you know, mm-hmm. oh, wait, 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 I, but I really love, oh, I, I've got to keep that. So, I mean, you know, I, I would imagine that, and I'm, this is, you know, just sort of um, identifying people by gender, and maybe that's just maybe mm-hmm. not correct, because maybe women would go in the garage and say, this is where I keep all of my fabric, because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. never knew I was going to be making face masks. You know what I mean? So I'm not really, mm-hmm. I know I was making a judgment there about, well, the garage belongs mm-hmm. to the man, and, the you know, the bedroom belongs to the woman, or whatever. But mm-hmm. I would imagine mm-hmm. that sometimes men may have, you know, an, 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 a larger issue deciding what stays or doesn't stay in the garage but maybe but maybe not but that's kind of funny um when we talk about um you know for those many people so many people are working from home and and fortunately that they're working so there's Mm -hmm. a lot to be grateful for to be employed but it must be very difficult both of you both you and rob can work from Mm. home you have a three-year-old and a one-year-old it's not like you're going off to the office or what to a client's house right now Mm. uh but so you but you've got to have some dedicated space what do you recommend for people that that you have any tips to how to sort of organize your workspace that just makes it more efficient for you yeah i mean i think a few tips is you know one is giving everything a home so it could be that you're corralling all like items on one tray where these are all of your work, you know, or in one drawer. And then you're, when it's time to work for the day, you bring that tray out or everything's in one spot so that, again, things are in, you know, the staplers over here, the you know, phone chargers over here. So you're not always looking for something. It's always in the same spot that you put it. And then as soon as you're finished with work, you set those items aside to where a designated spot where you've, a sign for them to go, um, you know, and start again the next day. I think mm-hmm. another thing is when it comes to organizing, and I hear this from moms as well, is, you know, I don't have time and, um, you know, I don't know how I'll have time. And I think sometimes it's really just also asking for help when you need it. Um, so if it's, 
you know, if you have trouble getting your work stuff together or, um, and then you have all these home responsibilities, it's finding ways to, to separate those and, and make sure that you have the time that you need. So that could mean um, whether that's distractions for the kids or putting up a sign that, you know, this is your clear designated workspace and it's not used for anything else. Um, just so everyone aware you uh, around you is aware and knows that you are working and and not to disturb um, so that you know you think about what you need and then mm-hmm. create that environment that's the ideal scenario for the given circumstances in the situation that you have and you may have other people at home but really mm-hmm. going back to those two things of giving everything a home and then corralling like items whether that's on a tray or in a drawer that you always have what you need and um, you're, and everyone else in your home is aware of that. Um, and then another thing is sometimes just having clear countertops and, and spaces for the things that you need. So if you, for your work, you don't need all of those different office supplies and really you just need maybe a charger and a pen and a paper, then only having out the essential because it'll make it that much easier for you to start and end your day and then you don't have all of these non-essentials lying around that can be a distraction for you. Um, so again, that really simple sense. things, but they can have mm-hmm. a, a big impact when you're thinking about how to be productive as, as much as possible. That, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I suppose, you know, a conversation in a family also probably, you know, I was talking to somebody about this today, and mm. they were saying, you know, that they're working from home. But what's so uniquely different with the children, especially if they're trying to get their lessons via Zoom or whatever they're doing if they're school age, is mm-hmm. that some people are just not working the traditional, I start my job at 9, I stop my job at mm-hmm. 6. And it's like, no, I might start my job at 7 and work till 9. I might come back four hours later in the middle of the day and then mm-hmm. I'm ending my work day from 7 to 10 and when I look back at what I've done I've ended up putting in more hours staying at home being productive than driving to work and being in the car you know so mm-hmm. it, there, it's it's depending upon what people do it, it's it's very it, we're we're living in such unprecedented times and I, I would think that whether you work from home or you work in your office, the less cluttered you are, which is what you talked about earlier, um, the less stress and anxiety probably is around you that allows you to be more productive, mm-hmm. which I would think is part of that. But you do mm-hmm. need to get motivated. And yeah. um, yeah, you're true. let's you so. So what's the motivation? How do you? How, I mean, your motivation is well, we're moving, so obviously this stuff has to leave. But w- how do you help people get motivated? Yeah, I mean, again, there has to be some element of self motivation, but I think a big thing is going back and returning to that vision you have for your life and your ideal lifestyle. So if your ideal lifestyle is to be um, active or to read more, you know, how how's that space supporting you? And if it's not, kind of set aside the time. And and something that I can help with clients is, you know, I, I will often help them with just checking in or supporting them in the goals that they set for themselves. Another thing that I've done with clients is anchoring. And that is this, this tool and idea of having something that constantly that you see that reminds you of your goals. So, again, let's say, and that could be a vision board. It could be a screenshot of what you really want to achieve 
on your phone. It can be a quote that you see. You know, any of these ideas around, you know, what is it that you can that you can see and go back to that reminds you on a regular basis of what your goal is. So if you really want to, you know, get your kitchen to be kind of this cook's dream, then maybe you have this picture of an ideal kitchen of what you would love it to look like or whatever that is. Or if, if you're interested in losing weight, you know, maybe it's a, a picture of you, you know, 10 or 15 pounds thinner that you want to get back to and, and that's going to help you motivate in different ways, you know, for organizing. So anyway, I mean, it's, it's a lot about helping clients figure it out themselves because we all have the answers. We just often need other people to help us bring those things out. And sometimes we need coaches to kind of help us reach our goals. And, and that's a lot of what I'll do with clients as well. Well, I love it. So you use the term anchoring. And as yeah. I'm sitting here, so I'm, I'm calling you from my office. And I absolutely, I'm looking at something right this moment that says manage your expectations. Mm. I have those kinds of things up in my office. Now, mm-hmm. ask me how many other things are in that same location <laughs> and say, okay. But I think I want to just right now, because I had forgotten to do this earlier, so I definitely want to do it right now. We'll mention it again later. For those of you that are listening and going, oh, my God, I need this woman in my life. Kristen has a fabulous website. It's very easy to find. It's simply modernrefresh.com. And she's got a page there. And with, with life as it is right now, and you cannot necessarily go into somebody's house and look at all their black tops, that doesn't mean that you cannot work with your clients, whether you're here in your beloved Westchester or when you go to Port Angeles um, as you travel um, north uh, starting tomorrow. Can you imagine that, everybody? She's, she's leaving tomorrow, and she's doing a radio show with me today. That shows you how organized this woman must be with two toddlers. But what I'm saying is that I really do want to encourage people to visit your website because you really can consult with people without having to physically be in their home. Am I right about that? Yes, that's true, and that is the beauty of technology and the world that we mm-hmm. live in is that you can consult through Zoom or FaceTime or Facebook, yes, uh, you know, whatever whatever that is. Um, but but I think that that's again why I love this method is that you don't need to read a big book on organizing. If you just think about the three to five things that you heard me share earlier, you can start yes. and try it on your own, and you can get really far. There may be a point when you get stuck and you need some help and support. And sometimes I've worked with a client just one time to kind of get through that category that was really tough. Um, and sometimes there's clients that want help on every single category because mm-hmm. they want that consistent support on their journey. But I think everyone's different. And so I'm definitely in my own life, I love this idea of, of coaching and have, having someone help you reach your goals. And that's really what me and the 300-plus you know, consultants, uh, KonMari, certified KonMari consultants, help our clients do. So, That's um, but I, I also 100% believe that anyone can do it on their own as well. Um, but then, you know, you, you just have to make that decision based on your circumstances and what's right for you. And visualizing your ideal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've given yeah. some really pearls of wisdom, as my dad would say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, wanted to, I wanted to say something about where we are right now. I, I live in a two-story home that I've lived in since 1973. 
I'm a stuff person. I'm a collector of things. Things. Mm-hmm. I put things definitely in quotes. I'm really ready to start the purging process, like probably a lot of others right now. And there, mm-hmm. as you and I both know, as Rotarians, there are wonderful organizations. Habitat for Humanity just comes mm-hmm. to my mind. And mm-hmm. other organizations that we know from the chamber. And many, many organizations that I've had as guests on my show that, that the proceeds of their gift shop, uh, their thrift shop, or whatever, supports a camp mm-hmm. or supports so mm-hmm. many things. But right now, no one is taking those things. So what mm-hmm. do you recommend that we do if we want to start the purging process? Yeah, I think there's a few things. So one is if you are ready to let things go or you've already identified things in your home that are no longer serving you, uh, mm-hmm. then you can find a space in your home or garage that, that no one is using and that doesn't have another purpose and store your things there temporarily. So I think anyone can do that. You can find a space, put things in bags for the organizations that you want to give to, and wait. However, that only, you know, meets so many needs. Um, another mm-hmm. thing, and, and this is going to vary by where you live and what is open, because in the U.S. right now, that varies widely, not only by county yes. and city. So I would say, like, for example, you mentioned Habitat for Humanity. I know that in Los Angeles, the Habitat for Humanity Restore is taking items by appointment only and, and with pickups. So Whoa. I, I, yeah, which is great. And so there is a, a little bit of research that you may have okay. to do if you have, let's say, furniture donations. And I would say it's a, something as simply Googling, you know, furniture donation pickup and see which organizations pop up. I wish there was one comprehensive database of all the nonprofits that mm-hmm. are accepting donations, you know, and it just, to my own knowledge, does not exist right now. Um, but you can start there. And when it comes to clothing, another option, and something I've seen in my own neighborhood, is there are those, those metal outside storage containers where you can put things, mm-hmm. you can pull down the handles just like at the post office and put your clothes in there. And right. while they were full and overflowing a few weeks ago, the last time I drove by, they were not. So you can, there's clothing donations. You know, that might not be to the organizations that you know and love and donate to regularly, but at least you know that those are going to, you know, hopefully a good place. So mm-hmm. there's that for clothing. And then, you know, I think Goodwill is, is often the default for many, mm-hmm. and for what I know that they're not open, but there might be smaller right. organizations that are run in your community, and it may just take a phone call or a website click away to see if they're open or not. Um, but then also thinking about kind of a little outside the box, maybe there are churches that you know of that have some type of a they're meeting needs and they're taking you know needs and kind of being that exchange. Um, other organizations do clothing drives. I've worked with Claris in LA and they accept baby items. So again, it's, I think it will require a little bit of research and maybe even getting on something like Nextdoor or a local Facebook group that you're a part of and asking. So crowdsourcing to find the places where you can bring things. And then lastly, you can also just offer them for free. You can post something on Facebook for free, Facebook Marketplace for free. You can do offer up. You can literally put things in a cardboard box on your street and see if someone will take them. Again, you kind mm-hmm. of have to check back, 
Um, if they don't, you may have to find an alternative. But there are, are lots of options besides not only using your go-to ones like Habitat for Humanity, but thinking outside the box and then maybe, you know, offering it up for free on an online forum where someone else can see that it's available and then make use of that. That's great. And, you know, the interesting thing about what you said is I've worked with a lot of homeless organizations mm. and clothing is not doesn't go to the thrift store for a homeless person to come in and purchase. So when I talk mm. to people about that and I let them know there are lots of homeless organizations that would be glad mm-hmm. to take those socks you don't want anymore. Socks mm-hmm. are like gold to a homeless person or a sweatshirt or bedding, towels, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Those are really those are and, and, and there are organizations that will take that because they're not housing that go to, like you said, Goodwill or someplace like that where they're mm-hmm. housing someplace where people go in and purchase and the money goes to the Salvation Army. You're not seeing those yeah. trucks on the road right now. But I did like mm-hmm. your idea about the fact, depending upon the size of your home, the size of your stuff, you know, there's nothing wrong with starting that box. And, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but I learned this, and maybe you know this too, Kristen. Places mm-hmm. like Home Depot, which is is open, did you know mm-hmm. that they will take all recycled batteries? They no, will take I did all not. of so I'm gonna share this with you. They will take your double A, your triple A, they will take all of those batteries. They have it when you walk in the door, there is a recycling bin right there. If you've been collecting them in a Ziploc mm-hmm. bag, you can just drop them in or they have actual plastic bags that you can drop them in. So that's mm-hmm. one thing they recycle. They also recycle light bulbs so not, and, and even fluorescent tubes, but not longer than three feet. So in our local Home Depots, and I, would, I don't know if that's the same across the country, you can mm-hmm. recycle that, those, those kinds of things as the mm-hmm. city reopens because we where, we, where, where, where you're moving from, but where you currently are living, we yeah. have the, the, mm-hmm. the sanitation area. We have the Hyperion plant where we can take hazard, hazardous stuff. You're, you know, you start cleaning mm-hmm. out drawers and you're going, what the heck is this cord for? And you really mm-hmm. don't want to put it in your trash. And I'm, unfortunately, I think that, you know, this is going to be another downside of the um, this virus mm-hmm. is that there's going to be more and more things going into our trash bins that perhaps mm-hmm. would have been better going somewhere else. Look at all the plastic we're using now that here yeah, we were all so it. encouraged mm-hmm. to move away from plastic. And now, you know, if you want to bring some food in, of course it comes in plastic. And mm-hmm. so, there, you know, there's just a lot of things that are happening in our current mm-hmm. lifestyle that maybe we had stepped away from that we're stepping back into a little bit. But I do think that what you're offering and what you're suggesting, whether people can just, like you say, just Zoom with you and just say, let me just take you into um, – whatever room that is or or you mm-hmm. I try because Sunday is trash day pick up for me mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just open up a drawer <laughs> and I'll just say really I, what did he use this for I don't even know what this is and you mm-hmm. start 
you know, collecting scissors. How many pairs of scissors do I need all over my house? Maybe you do want one in your office. Maybe you do need one Uh in your kitchen. Maybe you do need one in your bathroom. You know, I mean, you know, you're not saying you can only have scissors in one spot, but what you're Uh saying is, but how many scissors do you need? Uh If no one is smoking in your family anymore, do you really need an ashtray? I don't care where it came from. Frankly, I don't remember where it came from. Get rid of it. There is something very cleansing and, I don't know, just like, oh, man, that really felt good to just, even if it's just for me sweeping, you know, like, let me just sweep these leaves that keep going into the garage. You know, I, 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 we all do things differently. I know that, you know, we we all have different lifestyles. We all want to do things certain ways. But I think mm-hmm. that what you are offering, and whether you want to say it, it sparks joy, if that isn't the word that you want to say, mm-hmm. if you want to say to yourself, this shirt hasn't made me happy since the day I bought it. I bought it on a whim. Oh, hello? Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I had this shirt when I did a workout at the Y in 2009. Really? <laughs> so though, now I would never get rid of those personally, Marsha. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get rid of any of those things. Those are the things that I would make sure would get to homeless communities, wherever they mm-hmm. are, because there are plenty of homeless people in Los Angeles, and, mm-hmm. and not just Los Angeles. I don't care where you live. If the if the temperature mm-hmm. is a little bit more conducive for people to be outdoors, you're going to see more homeless people. So, mm-hmm. you know, but homeless people do not need an extra set of white dishes because when your husband plated, it looked good in white. How many white mm-hmm. dishes do you need, Marsha? You don't even cook. Okay, that's for another day. But I'm just saying that's what I'm referring to. Do I really mm. need to keep that stuff? So I've got plenty of those boxes. You can go to Home Depot or any of those places, and you can get boxes with handles and just start labeling them, right, dishes. And even if you want to write for Habitat to Humanity on the top of it or you want to write, mm. you know, um, for whatever whatever that organization is, you know, there's so many that I support. You know, I can see where that would lighten I would feel lightened by that. Is that what you find with people that when they start doing this, they physically feel like their life has been lightened? It's the only thing that you say that because I've worked with a few clients where we've literally gone through all of their stuff. And when Mm -hmm. we ask them, and I've worked with a a co-organizer on some of those and with my own clients by myself, and the number one word that clients use after they've gone through all their stuff, that whole journey is they say they feel lighter. And mm-hmm. I take that in the holistic sense, you know, and and I love that idea that by going through your things, you're you're lifting this weight of all these things that you you don't need or that don't support you anymore. Right. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, it it really is and I I feel frankly so motivated by having this conversation with you, and I, you've mm. given so many gems. I am curious, just in the little bit of time we have left, based on you, this is just Marsha to Kristen sitting at Starbucks, all right, mm. or wherever we are. 
sitting mm-hmm. by the by the fountain somewhere. Where's your where's your you time between everything that you do? What do you do to to bolster yourself, Kristen? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit it looks different in this season, but it's the same thing where even though I feel like I have less time, you know, what I'll do is I will ask my husband to take the kids out for their nap or something. So I at least have one to two hours, you know, during the day when I'm not with the kids and I really enjoy solo time. (laughs) I like crave Mm -hmm. it. I almost would say I need it. And in that time, Mm -hmm. some of my favorite things are just having a cup of dark roast coffee, journaling. I love listening to music. I love going for hikes. And mm-hmm. it's hard to find something super accessible where we are. I mean, mm-hmm. there is the beach, mm-hmm. but I really like the mm-hmm. mountains. So I don't hike much, but I'll go for a run or a walk. And I love connecting with close friends. So maybe I'll go for a walk or run and call someone. Um, so it's actually a lot of the same things as my husband, although he likes to do maybe a lot of the things with other people. And sometimes because I'm around our kids all day, I need to do those things by myself. And that energizes mm-hmm. me. But um, but I really enjoy that time when I get it. I bet you do. Do you do any kind of meditation, yoga, mm-hmm. any kind of that? You know, when I did the Camino a few years ago, I had this realization that, you know, I, also, I, I always used to call it a quiet time in the morning, but I reframe that to say I want be time, as in, in quotations, B-E. So time okay. for me to just be. I and whatever I'm feeling, like I might feel like praying for someone. I might feel mm-hmm. like listening to one of my favorite songs or writing, you know, writing some goals. I might feel like literally just laying down. And I mean, I might feel like cleaning or tidying or organizing, which right. I often do feel. Um, so whatever would energize me in the moment, I kind of what what is most authentic to who I am and what I enjoy doing. And then in that 20 minutes or hour, that is my be time. And I try and get that in the morning first thing so that I, my cup is full and I can then help my kids and be there for other people, you know, as they need me. I love that. Be time. Not mm. me time. Be with a boy. Mm. That mm-hmm. is brilliant. That is, that, is, that is so worth repeating because... Mm. If you don't have that, I mean, really, that makes that makes me emotional. Just hearing mm. you say that, it, it it really, truly does. I mean that so sincerely. The hand is on my heart. If we <laughs> don't take time for be time, and I don't remember doing that when I was raising my family. I mean, I must have, but it was, you know, my kids are older than you. I don't remember what what that was like. But I, I've never used that term for myself. I mean, I know what my sort of routine is, but I, I find that I spend, I call it face planting, where I'm face planted <laughs> in front of the screen, that my be time, honestly, for me, is grabbing my camera, and I refer to it as mm-hmm. taking my camera for a walk. I and I that. started a brand new hobby for myself mm-hmm. because I, I, and by that I mean I've always had all these social media things. And one of mm-hmm. my, inst- my Instagram is born to talk, B-O-R-N-T-O talk. And one of my friends said, Marcia, you love ph- ph- uh, photography so much. 
I see a new Instagram page for you. I said, really? She said, yeah, born to squawk. And you can start (laughs) with your birds. Birds squawk, nature's squawk, trees squawk. Mm. And it's like, oh, my God. So that doesn't feel like, while it is work, I I would be lying if I didn't tell you how much time I'm spending doing this. But it feels Mm. like it's Marsha time. It's being with me time. It's it's me being with me. It's my Mm. me time. I mm-hmm. just love that you said that. I've loved this entire show, Kristen. I've loved everything you've had to say. Um, you're, you and your family are going to be so missed, and that is the mm-hmm. beauty of technology today. That is the beauty of Zoom. That is the beauty of if you're feeling disconnected, that you can I, can, I connect with my family that doesn't live here on Zoom. That makes me feel less isolated. But I feel mm. so motivated, even if it's just a matter of just opening up this drawer right here and just going, really? <laughs> really? Do, do you really need this? How many Post-it notes do you need? Put those papers in a box because maybe somebody else could use those Post-it notes. How mm. many m- markers do you need? That They're probably all dried up, you know? So I just Mm. think that you have sparked so much joy in Mm. reminding all of us, wherever we are, everybody's not living the same lifestyle. I don't have little kids at home, but, you know, Mm. so I just want to thank you so much, Kristen, for sharing all of this information on a day that is really busy for you. And I wish you and Rob nothing but the best as you embark on this new journey close to family. I know what that's going to mean for all of you. I know what I know what that means to be back up in Port Angeles. We all remember Rob swimming to Canada, you know, mm. um, because he's an. If you've never known what an ultra athlete is, if that's what Rob is. He is an mm. ultra athlete, and that's mm. never going to change. You'll just join a rotary club up by you and continue the journey. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But mm. it's just it's just been a it's been a pleasure and an honor to spend this hour with you, Kristen. Truly. I I've enjoyed it so much. Thank you so much for opening up your, your schedule and your heart and um just being able to have this time together. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. So for the rest of you listening out there, we wish we wish uh, Kristen a safe journey to Washington with her family, but I can guarantee you I will be here next week. I have my, my shows are all booked. And if you have not subscribed to my newsletter, it is so easy. You just go to borntotalkradioshow.com. That's my, that's my website. And there's a subscribe button right there. And then you will receive my newsletter. It will have uh, a link to all of the past shows, including this one. And it will also let you know who to look forward to hearing from in the month of June. So thank you very much. Um, we will be in touch. I'm not losing sight with you. You, you become my new BFF. <laughs> so until it. next time, everybody, take care of yourself and the ones you're around. Bye for now. <laughs> 